welcome to IntelliCast, Season 2, Episode, whatever you want it to be. Brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly. Brought, I'm here as always. I, I hate the intro now. I can yeah. never get it right. You used to nail it. You're like, I don't know feeling. what I'm doing, man. I, I get in my head. I start looking, reading ahead. That's what happens. But I'm here with Brian Lamar, my co-host as always. Brian, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Adam? <sighs> you know, busy. The, the Season 2 music is maybe throwing a little curveball. I think it is. Season two music has really thrown me off. And I heard the song. I heard the song twice today, like the actual real uh, Dr. Dre song. And both times I was like, so hey, oh, we're playing music. That's great. Uh, and Telecast is brought to you, as always, by EMI Research Solutions. You can find us on the Twitters at EMI underscore research and Telecast one. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Um, also, you can email us at any time if you have a idea for the show, if you want to come on the show and be an interview, uh, if you have a rant, if you have a mount. Rushmore, you can come on, and that is IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Brian, what is going on with you? Um, I want to get to go to my um, nephew's high school graduation tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Where are you? Down in uh, E-Town? That would be Owensboro Apollo oh, High School. Oh, hey. That's where I'll be tomorrow night. Um, high school of Johnny Depp? No, it is not. It is the high school of Rex Chapman, however. Ah, that's right, that's right. Um, He's a former Kentucky basketball player. Um, and tonight is our big um, event for the race money for LLS. Uh, it's also another big day for you personally. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, my oldest son, uh, we'll call him just Boy One, is uh, seven years old today. I uh, can't believe it. It seems like just yesterday that he was, and now like he's like a man, and we have like conversations, and we ride around, and like it's. This is I don't. This is the part of parenting like they didn't tell you about. Uh-huh. Like I think you go from parenting like a baby and being tired to like toddlers and being crazy, and then people just jump ahead to like the sports and teenagers, and then they like your kid yeah. doesn't love you anymore. Yeah. Like this part, like where you are like a superhero yeah. and like loosely based best friends with your kid. Yeah, amazing, yeah. unbelievable. I would bet, especially it feels like from what I see. Um, you two are really close and share a lot of likes. You go to wrestling events, you go to sporting events. That's right. I think you can leverage this the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. It's hey, a, I want to go to the Masters. I'll bring Nolan along. It's going to open up a lot more sporting events opportunities for yes. me. I'm pretty excited about that's, it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Let's jump into uh, some research news. Um, yeah. So today, I think it was today, uh, yeah. Thursday the 16th, when we're recording this, Market Strategies International and More Pace uh, relaunched as a co-branded Escalant, yeah. which I think is kind of an escalant name. That's <laughs> not nice. bad. That's, yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, you know, this was going to happen, and of course, it happens with you know yet another made-up word. <laughs> we love to make up words in our industry once we merge companies and rebrand ourselves. Um, I think. Well, I'm going to go back a little bit. At first, I mean, everybody in the industry was kind of making fun of Dynata, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good name now. Dynata is a good name? Yeah, I think it is. I like yeah. it. And this, but maybe after saying it for a few months, it just kind of it makes sense. I get it. I like the branding in general. Like I like yeah, the, the logo. It's great. very clean. Right? Yes. So yeah. I'm thinking Escalant could be another one of those because I mean, both those companies have really strong names, but I think Escalant um, will turn out to be good, although it's kind of a weird word and hard to say in day one, but I, I think that we'll figure it out. I think both brands needed a rebranding. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking with somebody the other day about kind of like this boost of uh, brain juice or system one, yeah. you know, and that's how simple that is of rebranding, renaming, and like all of a sudden it's fresh and it's clean. Like yeah. 
could you do it every 10 years maybe you know <laughs> like uh right. it just seems like a great idea for them yeah so good for, good, good for michigan go michigan uh, to the north. that's right uh, another bit of news, SurveyMonkey uh, has reported that after Q1, they had 17% revenue growth, um, which is a big deal since they had the IO um, last year, right? Yeah. Like they went they went yeah. public. And so like a, a revenue growth, it seems like a big deal. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I think that's great growth for them. <laughs> I see them at uh, a lot of conferences. And I think that they're, they're really trying to be a little more vocal in what they're doing. And they're not just like a... Um, early entry DIY tool. I think they're positioning themselves as a legitimate survey um, programming that anyone can use. And, you know, they have a panel they're starting to try to leverage and they're presenting at conferences and they're co-presenting with some other clients. Um, so th- I, th- I think it's a good move. I think they're doing a good job. I think 17% sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's grown up a little bit, right? Like it, it yeah. was just the, um, if you had to do a survey, you didn't know what to do it with, you did it with SurveyMonkey. Um, and they still are, you know, operating at like a net loss yeah. for everything. And they've been doing that for a couple of years now. So maybe that just yeah. doesn't matter. Um, but it's definitely growing up. You see more sponsorship at some of these events. You see them appearing more places. And I think becoming like, as it starts to evolve and mature a little bit, um, it can start to maybe take on Qualtrics a little bit more head on, right? Yeah. We talked about how they have like the Salesforce integration now. Yep. Um, and I think that's a huge tool for them to just continue to keep growing. Yep. Good for, good for them. Good growth. Yeah. Uh, another bit of news that happened last week. It actually happened like probably why we were recording the podcast. But um, Protege, which is a, a fairly large up and coming market research uh, sample supplier, acquired Inbox Dollars or Cotter Web, as they're also known. Yeah. Um, I think this is a big deal. Um, yeah, in our world it is. Yeah. And, and the reason why I say that is I think when you see uh, anyone who has access or has seen some of the suppliers into some of the automated tools, so if you think about the Sense, the Lucids, Pure Spectrums, uh, or anybody really, anybody that's purchasing an online sample and looking at that more. Um, consumer type world they know that these are two big suppliers for those and like a consolidation of two huge sample suppliers um, that are used a lot in this aggregator or marketplace type world um, that's a big deal right yeah big deal um most everybody out there if you buy sample you probably bought some inbox dollar sample Mm -hmm. you most likely have they're pretty big um, name in the industry behind the scenes a little bit you don't see them at a lot of conferences but they provide a lot of traffic to like the companies that you mentioned and obviously, Protege, this is a big move for them. Just keep growing to try to further kind of take on the big dogs and positioning themselves, yeah. I think. Um, they keep just growing and growing. So I think it's a good move for them. That's how I feel. I wonder if the, what the differentiator is for Protege in the long run. Yeah. And why I say that is like, if I think back at some of like the bigger players, like if you think about like research now, started out their differentiator was this list and like they were good for more affluence, maybe some B2B type thing. Right. Yeah. SSI, their differentiator was that they had the phone sample. Yeah. Right. And like this, like forever name, yeah. um, like at companies like, like a disco, their differentiator is a lot of, is the behavior type work that they're really pushing out right now. Yeah. And is protege's differentiator now that it, it's a consumer, primarily cons- consumer, player and purchasing another big consumer player is it just size of consumer i, I think i think they have differentiated themselves in the swag box maybe the portal okay yeah so we swag the box, customer right? experience there right? that's just that's just the consumer facing name um and 
you know, when you join Swagbox, you don't just go there to take surveys. You're engaged in lots of other things, and you develop, you get your Swagbox for doing watching videos and maybe buying things, and you can redeem that for um, certain gift cards. And I think that what they have done is built a semi-community for its respondents. Yeah. And that could be a differentiator. I see, and I hear, I heard today, I talked to, um, I talked to Vox Potme, for example. Okay. And Vox Potme, if you, um, they've recently started, in the last three years, it's a company, I think they're um, headquartered in Britain, but they mm-hmm. integrate video. And so kind of like, instead of doing a traditional open end where you type it in, you could have a respondent um, click on a link and take a video from just about any device. And they're part of their, way they leverage that is via um, the sentiment and analytics of evaluating a video. And I asked them, I said, hey, do any vendors say no, they won't do this? Do any partners better or others? And the first thing they mentioned was was Protege. They said that Protege respondents um, are pretty engaged on that. They're a little more willing to kind of take a video of themselves than oh, other yeah? panelists. And so, and she attributed that maybe it's because they're they they built maybe a stronger relationship with their panelists that you go to Swagbucks and you um, take surveys and you buy stuff and you kind of trust them more than maybe other more traditional panels. It's really you go there, you take a survey, um, and that's the heritage I think of online surveys. Swagbucks has a little bit unique, I think. I think others are starting to do it too. I just talked for like two minutes. Well, it's similar. It's similar to what we talked about last week with like online quali- qualitative. You get deeper insights, and yeah. like maybe they have a better experience. Maybe they get more of those insights because of the relationship they have with their people, right? Yeah. It's more of like a face to face. Like, and we talk about interface with swag bucks, yeah. and it's not like in your face get paid to take surveys. It's just like a piece of what you do. Yeah. So those type of respondents and protege are good for those maybe online focus group recruit or online bulletin board, some kind of, you know, I hut those type of community builds, like those type things that they, they have more higher cooperation rates because they, it's not in your face that you're taking surveys and you go there just to take surveys to make money. There's other things about it. And it's like a greater experience for the respondent than just like the only, or, opportunity for experiences yeah. right yeah. so like you maybe you do have a bad experience shopping with swag bucks but yeah. you like the surveys or maybe you have a bad thing with the surveys but you love something else you get right yeah. they probably have members that don't take any surveys right so you probably like but that's the thing like if yeah. you are just a dynato respondent then right. your option is to take surveys or do nothing else right. right and so it i think you give people more opportunities and they give you richer assets maybe i don't yes. know yes and i i think that's a good model yeah, I there's traditionalists out there. We'd love to hear from you if you disagree. We'll put you on. We'll have mm-hmm. a conversation about it. But I think that as an industry, we've seen falling response rates. We talked about this for 30 minutes last week in the respondent experience stuff. This is a good, in my opinion, a good way to improve their respondent experience if they go there and take surveys and do other things to keep them engaged, um, reward them well. And they have a pretty cool interface. Um, this, by the way, Protégé did not pay for this segment at all. Right. I, I thought that was really insightful, letting people know uh, about Protege. Um, you know, yeah. Cut the check, Mandy. There we go. Um, let's go into a Mount Rushmore. You ready? I'm ready for the Mount Rushmore. All right. Mount Rushmore this week. Uh, we had a lot of different things that we were thinking about doing. Uh, Producer Brian, as always, gave some suggestions, and then we gave some other suggestions. And um, so that leads us to our Mount Rushmore of the week. Mount Rushmore, Season 2, Episode 17, is Mount Rushmore of Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, top four Canadians. Okay. Yeah, if they maybe they should go around Mount Rushmore in Canada. Trudeau, <laughs> like what if they did that? Yeah, but it would be like probably like Snow. made of ice. Yeah, made of ice. Right, an igloo. 
Inuits. Yeah, there would be an Inuit on it. Yeah. Trudeau. Uh, for sure. That's it. The, you know, they would build a Mount Rushmore copy off of us. Isn't it like 100% of Canadians live within 20 minutes of the... <laughs> yes. But they'll be smiling because they're so happy and nice. Oh, that's huge. Actually, you know what? Here's something for you. I'll just, I just got a text message. This is live breaking news from the okay. podcast. Just got a text message from somebody who is at the APOR conference. Oh. Surprised at how many panels are here. Dinata and Taluna are both presenting this afternoon. That's kind of cool, right? And APOR in Toronto. APOR in Toronto, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what brings it up. Well, I think like APOR has always been a very phone-driven center, not like a whole lot of online database, right? Yeah. And like it's starting it's to get conflict. that way. Right, it's been a huge conflict, right? Yeah. And so I think it's great. Yeah, two that's of the awesome. largest players being presenting this afternoon. That's pretty good. I hope Melanie Courtright talks about online and how it's just as good as phone. I hope she's – because she's great at that. Is she there? I don't think I don't she's know. allowed in Canada. <laughs> I don't know. They don't let Cowboys there. Uh, all right. What's, who's your first Canadian? First of my top four Canadians of all time, I'm starting with Rob Ford. Speaking of Toronto, the former mayor of Toronto, who had the best scandal, I love Rob Ford. And it's a tragic story because he recently died and there's drugs and alcohol involved. But mayor of Toronto is my number one Canadian on my list. I love it. Uh, I'll go with Getty Lee. <laughs> Getty Lee. All Lead right. singer of Rush. I think maybe one of the worst bands ever, um, but he has something to him. Yeah. And he looks like Moxie. like a yeah, he's got a little bit of Moxie. He's like the the Moxified, maybe a little bit more self-aware Bono. Didn't he look a little bit like Bono? A little bit. Do you think Getty Lee knows any spells? <laughs> Probably. I thought you were gonna say French. <laughs> okay. Who, who you got? Uh, number two, this is real. Um, Michael J. Fox. Oh yeah. I mean, the guy um got a disease early in his career and has raised so much money and awareness. He's still acting. Doing an awesome job. He's one of my favorite people. I'm not just kidding. It's not cool by Michael J. Fox. I love it. I went with um, Celine Dion. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The greatest singer in the world. Yeah, she does know French. I don't really know anything else to say. She's she's on the Mount Rushmore, though. What's her husband's name? Renee <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Her husband's name is Renee. That is true. Yeah. Renee Okay. My next one. Did you watch the show Kenny vs. Spenny? Producer Brian, did you watch Kenny vs. Spenny? Yeah. Is that a Canadian show? It's a Canadian show. It takes place in Calgary, Alberta. Um, I think it was in Toronto. Okay. And it was these two guys, Kenny and Spenny, they're best friends, and they live together, and they would make bets with each other, like who can eat the most um, beef jerky, and they filmed it. And the premise of the show was that Kenny would always try to cheat and bend the rules in the gray area. Kenny from Kenny versus Spenny is my number three. That's a good one. Awesome. So Google Kenny versus Spenny. You'll love it. I went with... Uh... The, I would say, a top three professional wrestler of all time, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, that's a good one. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. The Hart family has a long story tradition in professional wrestling. And uh, I went with the Hitman, the excellence of execution. Yes. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Great. My last one, hometown hero for Cincinnati, Joey Votto. Oh, that's Joey good. Joey Votto is my number four. And mostly because he is really proud of being from Canada and he wants to dress as a Mountie. <laughs> in an interview on the field, baseball field. Um, he's awesome baseball player, a good guy here locally, so Joey Vine is number four. Uh, my number four is Rachel McAdams. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's my little girl next Canadian. door. Yeah, I didn't know either until I looked her up. Uh, I was just on her webpage earlier today and saw that she was from Canada. I <laughs> think right. she's the best. Awesome. Uh, best part about this, though. Yes. Now we get to do a Mount Rushmore of Canadians. Oh, the, no, the Everglades. Everglades yes. of the worst of Canadians. Somewhat, you know what you could, instead of Everglades, yeah. we could go with the Canadians of Canadians. <laughs> what would be the Everglades of Canada? It's just Canada. 
the Yukon. Is it Nova Scotia? Is, is it, it what is what's the worst place the, in Canada? The Rockies? Regina? <laughs> Saskatoon? Bruiser Brian is silent. Everything between the Cascade Mountains and Toronto. Yeah. All right. right. Newfoundland, Winnipeg, Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, Newfoundland is Canada. Okay. Yeah. Prince sorry, Edward Island. Sorry, Andy Bennett. All right. Who's who are the worst Canadians? All right, number one, I'm going with Evangeline Lilly. Oh, yeah, she's the worst. The worst, and here's why. Someone yeah. has to answer for that damn Lost finale. Yeah, the worst her. finale in the history of TV. That's why I put her on here. Evangeline Lilly, number one. Worst Canadian of all time. Uh, I would go Chad Kroger, lead singer of Nickelback. <laughs> I will put all of Nickelback. Yeah. I did not go with Nickelback. Yeah, though. Nickelback's pretty bad. Okay. I'm going with Keanu Reeves as my number two. I'm not a big Keanu Reeves fan. Really? He's warming up to me lately. The John Wick stuff really excited. John Wick is good, but he's still on my list. Uh, I'll, I'll give you four. Oh. Lauren Michaels, Dan Aykroyd, Mike Myers, Martin Short. Whoa. Yeah, my least favorite Saturday Night Live people. Oh, my gosh. I'm a big Saturday Night Live guy. Well, take Lauren off there. He's all right. Okay, that's pretty good. My last one is Ben Johnson. Oh, yeah. Ben Johnson won, and he competed against Carl Lewis. They're the best sprinters in the world in the late 80s. And uh, Ben Johnson beat Carl Lewis at the 1988 Olympics in Seoul, Korea. And it was tragic if you were an American that this Canadian outran. I mean, Carlos was a hero, won medals in like every event he, he could probably won in any sport he wanted to. Later, it was removed for drug testing. Um, and so this is kind of crushing as a little kid having Carl Lewis lose. But Ben Johnson, the worst Canadian on my list. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to Anthony Bennett if I was going to go into uh, athletes. Yeah. Number one pick, right? Yeah, number one pick. Out of, from Canada, went to UNLV. Um, Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Mario Lemieux, yeah. Rocket Richard, all of them trash. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done 10 minutes. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, all right. Talk to me. Uh, that segment was brought to you by the Aport Conference. It started this week, uh, May 16th through 19th in Toronto. A lot of public opinion type of research going on. And make sure you go out there and try to find your favorite Canadian. Brian, do you have any uh, rants this week? I don't really have a rant. Really? Well, Personal, business, anything. Here's a rant. This is just off the top of my head. There was a recently a royal baby. Okay. Born, speaking of Canada, from the British Empire of the United Kingdom. Archie is that name, I guess? Yeah. And I, I was I just realized everybody has to bow to this baby for the rest of their lives. Or, cur- or curtsy. Baby, or, curtsy. or curtsy. Yeah. But like, the baby's not gonna be a baby for the rest of their lives. I mean, the <laughs> Like there are people. It'd be better if it just stayed a baby, and like for thirty years you're just catering to a baby. Yes, but like for example, Prince Harry has to bow to all the children of Prince William because they're further up on the oh yeah the throne. We need Katie Gross on here for this. Kiss the ring, Uncle. I get it. That's my kind of rant. Is we're still bowing to people. I don't know. It's 2019. I feel like we should really stop bowing to the Queen. And we fought a war over this. So, I mean, I dare somebody to come at me on this one. We I'm with fought you. a war over not bowing to people. We won the Did war. Did they money in Canada? Okay. No, you, yeah, they do. They got, you got Queen Elizabeth on your money. Don't you? They still have the Queen on their money. Yeah. she. They own that part. They own all your money. I bet they can't talk negatively about Queen in Canada. Just in Quebec. Because they speak <laughs> yeah, French. They speak French. That's my rant. Yeah, that's not too bad. Um, I got a rant. Sure. I'll just come up with one. Um, I, my event, my rant is on new college grads. Oh yeah. And I guess my rant. So lately 
Um, I've been involved with a lot of stuff with Northern Kentucky University. Um, I feel like I've, I've done some stuff um, with UC as well, um, University of Cincinnati. And, and what I see a lot of is there's like end of the year presentations and you see like how smart and how advanced and how like bright the future is for these college graduates. Like these kids are unbelievable now. And there's more opportunity nowadays for like brands and other research firms to partner and give them opportunity to learn more about research, kind of get real life involvement, real life projects and like be the best they can be. Right. And so like, I'm looking at some of these projects that we, that we, you know, you and I have sat on these research projects we're doing uh, some yeah. marketing projects. I also have sat in on competitions on, yeah. and I'm just, I'm blown away yeah. by the level of skill yeah. in market research yeah. that these local college graduates are graduating with. Yeah. But the thing that gets me is the inability for them to get out of their way when it comes to getting their first job. Yeah. I think this is something that maybe it was, maybe I had too when I was graduating is like, you feel like your first job has to be like your best job, yeah. right? Or it has to be, and I, man, you know, this is big for that generation. Cause I see it like whenever you have new sales reps come on, when like they start uh, cold calling or prospecting sales, like that call has to be perfect or they have to be so prepared for it. You have to be so prepared for the presentation. You'd be so prepared for the the interview, yeah. your resume has to be so like everything has to be perfect to go in. And there's a lot, a lot of living in the moment or relying on the skill that you've been taught and the type of person you are to get there. And yeah. along with that, you have to be vulnerable to failure. And it really gets to me that like so many of these people come and they're like, Oh yeah, I was offered a job at this research firm, yeah. but I'd love to get a job at this research firm. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, I got a thing at this branding company, but I want to work at Ipsos. I want to yeah. work at directions. I want to work at Nielsen. I don't, yeah. you know, all these, like you throw up all these big names and stuff. And I, I feel like that is something that maybe that is something that we need to prepare them for more. Yeah. So along with the actual skill of being in market research, the statistics, the storytelling, the, the visualization, all the different things that they are getting so much more now than, than when I was in college and learning about market research, um, an expectation of what career looks like. It's yeah. almost like an HR type class or like a home yeah. economics, like when you're in high school, yeah. like what does a career look like? When do you start your career? What are the expectations that you have? And really what does that first mountain and phase of your professional life look like yeah. so that you can be best for your employees and moving forward and like really start your life? Is that kind of a deep thing to say? I think so. I think I like yeah. it. Um, I, like you, was super impressed with those kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I was surprised at the number that are still kind of looking for jobs. And they're smart kids. I think they're, yeah. like, they're kind of being maybe a little picky. Um, maybe they can be picky and yeah. holding out for their dream job. Um, and, you know, I like your rant a lot. Yeah, I know for me, like when I was interviewing and – I was kind of all over the board. You know, I was, I was working, uh, working for the Reds, um, interviewed for the Denver Nuggets and the Texas Rangers. And then also was like, let's do some market research. So I interviewed at Directions, I interviewed at Burke, I interviewed at Nielsen, um, MRSI at the time, which is now Engine, yeah. um, and then EMI. And what it came down to was like, what was the best fit for me at that time? Yeah. Not what the best fit was going right. to be for me for like the next 10 to 15 years. Right. Um, and I wound up at EMI right out of it. And it made me somewhere where I got to stay. And they, they invested in me. Yeah. Um, it kind of taught me things, made me who I am, and I became something different. And I don't know if we have that patience anymore. Yeah. You know? I think we're so quick to... Um, figure out who we are or fair climb some kind of mountain, yeah. like you'd forget the journey. Right. Yeah. I think that we, we just see that like 
with recent graduates that take a job and if they're not having that job in a year, they're looking for somewhere else. Yeah. It's like I've seen resumes of people that have jumped around three or four different jobs and like I don't know, it's I don't want to sound like an old man, but I mean I feel like there should be a little bit of trying to get through some tougher times and maybe you're not the perfect seat or role at your company, but trying to figure it out. I mean we've all kind of struggled at times and I don't know, I feel like maybe you should play harder to figure it out. We manage a lot of like our intern relationships that we have here too. And a lot of times they're college kids or right out of college things. Like how do you try to steer them or how do you try to mentor them in different ways? Um, there's a couple things. Um, one of them is to try to figure out how, what their passion is. And that's one of our core values. And so when I'm talking to somebody, I really want to put them in a place where they're happier and they have passion about. So our, our most recent intern who left us, her passion, she was amazing, one of the best interns we've ever had here. Her passion probably was not in doing what we do. Right. That's fine. But and I'll help I helped her, you know, find her passion and helped her find a role somewhere else. And I think that long term that's the the best thing to do because we're a small industry and you don't want to hire somebody and put them in a position they're not gonna be passionate about. Right. Um, that's the number one thing for me is to try to find the passion. And sometimes they don't know that passion. And so we have an intern that's just starting now and she doesn't know what her passion is. So I'm currently planning um, a week in a couple of weeks where she's shadowing every different function in the company. Right. And, and maybe she loves sales or maybe she's like drawn to, to um, our account management team, or maybe she loves what our PM team is doing. And I'm trying to expose her to as much as possible. And um, even if she doesn't find passion anywhere, um, trying to, trying to focus the internship to where we win and that person wins. Right. That's how I think about it. It's probably different than a lot of other people think about it, but that's how I think about it. Uh, me too. And you know that I'm on this, I've been thinking a lot as I like have kind of progressed in my leadership is to try to understand the why for people more, yeah. you know, what is their purpose? What is their passion? Um, and I, I talked about this yesterday in a company meeting, like it doesn't do me any good to stand up and yell, grow, grow, grow. If nobody knows what that means to them. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing is, is what, what growth does a lot is like gives you the opportunities to find your passion, to run with your passion, you know? And I, I think that too many times you're, you don't look at what your why and you just given a task and people just like check the box and it's done. And it's, uh, I don't know. I think that's a thing that we need to bust out this like generation. It's not generational though. It's everyone yeah. when they graduate college, yeah. it's not like this All age of this time. Yeah. Any 22 year old when you're getting out is looking for the perfect situation. I was the same. You were the same. Like yeah. we're all doing the same. Um, I don't know. It got me a little bit of perspective. Next year is, uh, will be 20 years since I graduated high school. Whoa. And it got me like thinking back on where I was. And I'm reading this book now. Um, and I've, I've given it to a couple of employees here that are kind of in like weird life stages right now too. Yeah. Um, it's called the second mountain by David Brooks. And the, the point of the book is really like breaks your life into like three different phases. And like you have this first mountain. And I don't think people look at that as like a first mountain. You want to start yeah. at the top. You want to like get dropped off right in the middle. Yeah. But that first mountain is all for you. And it's all like based off of successes for you and things that you build for your own happiness. So, you know, in that first mountain, you get your job, you sacrifice time, you you, know, you run to you love spending time with your friends, spend all the time with your friends. You fall in love with somebody, fall in love with somebody, start the family, start the family, you know, make all the money, sacrifice things. So you can be financially successful. And then you get to the top of that mountain and it's like, okay, do you want to stay there? Yeah. Next season is kind of maybe, maybe you go through like a valley or a wilderness where you start to figure things out. Like a lot of people call that a midlife crisis. Yeah. And then there's the second mountain where it's your, your second stage of your career, your second stage of life where you start doing things for other people. Yeah. Right. And I think that 
a lot of times when you're 22 years old, you can barely see the first mountain. Yeah. The second mountain doesn't even make any sense to yeah. you, right? Because it, it, yeah. you, you just haven't even processed that it's okay for it to about, be about you first, yeah. let alone that you need to do anything for anybody else. Yeah. Well, this wasn't part of the show prep. I was kind of deep, deep, right? <laughs> I don't awesome. know. It's just something I've been thinking about more because I, I just feel for some reason my life is like yeah. covered in 22 to 24 year olds right now. <laughs> yes. You know, um, and it's just like the season of graduation. Everybody's going to all these graduation parties and events and stuff. And yeah. uh, these are, this is like our future. You know, our strategy yeah. for hiring at EMI, especially in the sales role, is to hire young, skillful employees, yeah. invest in them, yeah. and be a part of their journey and their mature process so that they can make us the best possible company while we make them the best version of themselves Yep. and not to hire somebody that's polished or somebody that's been around for a while. And right. um, I don't know. It's just something we've been thinking about lately. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment. That was good. That wasn't bad, right? This has been a lot better podcast than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> we when we started this, right? Yeah. We thought it was going to be quick. Uh, anything you want to add? What's going on this weekend? What are you doing? Well, I can do a little rant. Okay. It kind of plays off here. It's only mine's a little more negative, and I don't have a positive spin on it yet. Yeah. Is that my nephew is graduating from high school. Um, his parents are very active on Facebook. My sister is the mother. He's an awesome kid. 4.0. He's got a full-ride scholarship to Brescia College in Owensboro. Yeah. He's just an awesome kid. But what I've noticed is that when I, when I grew up, there was – I don't know about you in your high school, but, like, there was a graduation, and there was a graduation party. And that was pretty much the extent of the graduation. Yeah. Um, I think we had a senior skip day, maybe, but I think we were threatened, so we didn't do it. But he's had the following things. He had a senior day at school. There was a senior award ceremony where they all get awards and trophies. There was a senior superlatives. There was this whole senior week where they did stuff. There was a signing day, kind of like, you know how athletes oh, yeah. sign to play basketball so yeah. or football, and they, they sign a thing and they take pictures. They did that for everyone, on their, which is, this is actually pretty cool. Everyone of their kids that were going to, going to college. college. That's kind of cool. They brought their parents to school, and they dressed up in those colors, and they signed like, yeah. a, a letter of intent or whatever. Sure. And then they, then you, they still have graduation. Like, I don't know. Like, it's it's like you celebrate your senior year for, like, six weeks. Right. Um, maybe I'm just jealous. <laughs> but anyway, that's what he's going through right now. He graduates tomorrow, and that's where I'll be. That's all I got. Man, that's awesome. Uh, my weekend. Uh, so this is it. Like I know we've been talking about the Leukemia Lymphoma Society um, and our 10-week pledge that we've been doing to try to raise as much money as we can for the local chapter of that. Um, and that ends this week. Um, it all kind of tonight on Thursday. By the time you listen to this, it already happened, but we're having our big baseball bourbon and bluegrass barbecue yes yeah whatever it's in ohio uh, <laughs> event uh, at green diamond gallery which is an awesome facility with a uh, you know they have tom browning's going to be there who threw a perfect game in 1986 there's going to be other speakers it's just explorers museum with just great camaraderie and raising money for a great cause um, and then saturday night is the end it's the gala uh to end it with a big uh, formal ball and like realizing how much we've raised can see the impact of some of the research and, and, and seeing the impact of what other people have raised too yeah, she was right. close to a million dollars, I think, raised it's by wild. the candidates. I was looking the other day at all the people locally that are nominated from Man of the Year and Woman of the Year, and we were in a new category coming in the year. But it, I think the record is around upper $800,000. I My guess is this is going to be close to a million dollars. It's so wild. Awesome. I mean, it's so great. Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing, uh, doing that Saturday night. Are there of you guys doing that? I'm not doing You're going? Hey, that's going to be great. Right. You wearing a tux? Just a suit? Jason, um, 
Jason's wearing a tux. I'm wearing a tux. Are you wearing a tux? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wish I was going. Yeah, let's get dressed up. Um, that'll do it for this episode of IntelliCast Season 2, Episode 17. Uh, as always, IntelliCast is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can email us if you want to come on the uh, pod, if you want to give a rant. Like even, you know what? I, I'd invite you to. Like if you want to just come on, yeah, guest rant or just something you've been thinking about that you want to put out there. Like you need like a soapbox more than a rant. Yeah. Like I did today it was more of a soapbox that yeah. was a rant about things. Yeah. Uh, come on if you can email us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. On Twitter, it's EMI underscore research and telecast one. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly. Uh, if you are in the Toronto area, like I said, our, con- our thing earlier was about Canadians. It was brought to you by APOR. Um, run into Adam Dietrich. He is there um, all week long um, learning more about uh, opinion research. He, he, As you know, Adam, we've had on in the past as a lot of our polling type work. He's an expert at polling, but blue, red, whatever, or whatever Canadian does. You guys do purple? Okay. Uh, labor, labor with a U. Yes, labor with a U. Whatever the queen. And it's a monarchy, so they don't really have to worry about. They don't have democracy in Canada, right? <laughs> right. Weird queen. place to have this type of conference. By, by the way, there's the Insights Jam if you're in Cincinnati. On yeah. Wednesday, May twenty second. There's a Insights Jam, which is actually um, SMR is part of it. So if you're in Cincinnati, May twenty second in Madisonville, there's an Insights Jam. It's completely free, by the way. Whoa. So you can find that. Awesome. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? That's it. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.